was expecting something a little more. I gave T advance notice that I was about to start recording. You gave me two sentences, and I'm not good at improv. Mine is Bongiorno. 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 When we went to Europe, we're in like Italy. Or if we were in France and we would just laugh our asses off at the Americans that were so American. Like one girl straight up went like, Bongiorno, I have a question. <laughs> and he, she, he, he, she's like, which pizza is like your favorite? And okay. the guy was like, um, like number four or whatever. And she's like, mm, I'm not going to pick that one. And Dave and I were just dying laughing. We're like, you're you in go- Italy. Did you go to Italy with Alexis? Yeah, it truly was. Dave and I were dying laughing. And like the husband was in camo. I was like, oh God, oh God. You're like, I promise this is not what all Americans are, except for it totally seems like it right now. I spent four weeks when people would be like, where are you from? I'd be like, America. I'm sorry. sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> just so sorry. preemptively apologizing. Okay. Well, hi. Hello. Welcome to Dear Me, Love Me podcast. A podcast where we write letters with pieces of advice to our past selves. I'm Brooke Upholzer. I'm T. Boyich. And this episode is going to be a little different. That's a little different, but I'm excited because it's like a Mother's Day episode. Happy Mother's Day! Happy Mother's Day! Susie and Carolyn, this is an episode for you. Boop, boop, this is an episode. Doot, doot. It's your day. Doot, doot, doot. Birth, and us, and raise us. For nine months. Da, da, da. Okay. Hey, hey, hey! They deserve oh, a Mother's Day for raising people like us and putting up with us. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so this setup set is going to be a little bit different. Um, yeah. Usually T reads mine. I read T's. That is not happening this time. We are reading our own because I feel like our own uh, heartfelt letters to our mothers should be read in our own voices. Yeah. So. So this is not advice. This is just letters to our moms. Letters to our moms. Letters to our moms. So I'll go first. All right. Uh, how... Uh, I'm going to place a bet right now. How many are you going to get through without crying? Mm, I don't know. I'm not feeling very cryy today. I am not either, but you will see. I cry at the drop <laughs> of the hat. So maybe like four. Okay. I'm going to give well, maybe myself. I get through it. I'm going to give myself the intro. Now, I think my mom's <laughs> going to get through just the intro. Oh, okay. Until she cries. <laughs> That's what I think. Listen to this. My mom's not a big crier, so I don't know. I, I guess I, I say give my mom till number um, three. I give her three. Fair and enough. then she'll, 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 she'll cry a silent tear as Just I like do. You. Just like me. Your silent tears. <laughs> okay. All right. You go ahead first. Dear mom, I can actually recall my earliest memory of you. I don't know how accurate it is, but I was at our old house in Tommy Moore, which means I was probably two or three. I'd woken up from a nightmare, and I wanted my mom. I had to go through our kitchen to get to you. The kitchen was dark and terrifying to a kid that just had a nightmare, and I could see you sitting in the living room watching TV. I was too scared to yell out to you, but I knew that if I could just get through the scary, dark kitchen, I would be safe because I would be with you. That's my first memory of you, a feeling of safety. That's a feeling I would have the rest of my life well into adulthood when I think about you. You are a physical manifestation of a sense of home, of being loved, and you've taught me so much. Here are some things you've taught me. Number one. Before we begin, is that your earliest memory of your, as as a a human? 
It's yeah. so funny. I have and my earliest memory as a human. Really? And mine too. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Isn't that it's so, so silly? Funny. Like what we can vividly remember being our first memory. Oh, vividly. I can remember mm-hmm. it. I can almost feel it. Like, oh, I, I, so we were in like, our kitchen was kind of like a galley kitchen, like a row, just like yeah. a row house. So the rooms were in the back and we had to walk through the kitchen and you could see our living room. My parents were watching TV, but I was so scared to yell out and mm-hmm. I had to get through the kitchen to get to them. And that's all I remember. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Number one, how to befriend everyone you meet. This is something I will forever be envious of you about. Any room you walk into, you can befriend every single person in that room within five minutes. I will go to the bathroom, and when I come back, you'll have exchanged numbers with the woman at the table next to us, and you'll keep in touch for years. It's a skill (laughs) that I believe is something you're born with to a degree, but I've worked at trying to be that person after watching you do it for years. The only downside of it is that it takes us 45 minutes to leave everywhere because you have to say (laughs) goodbye to every single person. Oh, my God. (laughs) She truly, like, when she would go to Philadelphia to get her uh, cancer treatments for her eye, she would she's like friends with the nurses and would befriend people in the waiting room to get cancer treatments. Like that's how my, oh my mom God. is. It's amazing. I, and I'm like, everyone leave me alone. And she'll joke when she comes to visit because she'll start gabbing, you know, with the person in line behind us at Dwayne Reed. I'm like, mom, stop, stop. This is New York. I don't want to talk to anybody, but she has this incredible gift to just befriend everybody. Everyone. Are either of your sisters like that? Not really. No, no maybe just... my older sister, Meg, my older sister, Meg might be like that. But Meg's also kind of like me in that we're kind of crotchety in our friends. We're like, if we don't like someone, we're like, ugh, no. (laughs) (laughs) We can't hide it if we don't like someone. Yeah. Oh, my Uh, gosh. But no, not really. It's just kind of like my mom's thing. She just does it. That's really cute. All right. Number two, how to work hard. Really work hard. You worked constantly throughout our lives. In our childhood, you held multiple jobs just to make sure us girls were taken care of. I have watched you work hard every single day of your life. We once had a talk where you said something to the effect of, quote, you are a very lucky person. Things tend to fall in place for you, but don't think that means you won't still have to work hard. And you were right. I've gotten as far as I have because you've taught me the importance of seeing openings, taking them, and then working my ass off to get more openings. Like she was one of the first people that when, because I got on Broadway in kind of a weird way. I did like mm-hmm. labs and ratings and went that way and, um, I was like, yeah, I guess I was really lucky. And my mom like hates that. She's like, you weren't lucky. You worked really hard. You are a lucky person, but you worked incredibly hard to get to where you were and you put in your time. And so she was one of the hardest workers I've ever Um, met. What is one of the jobs that you remember your mom having? She's a bartender at a a country club. She would go to to work during the day. Okay. And then go bartend at night. And we would get to come play at the country club sometimes, which was very fun. fun. And like ride the golf carts. What's the best drink your mom makes? Oh, that's a great question. I'll have to ask her. She even got the job and like was had and the guy had asked her was like, no do you experience? know how to do it? And she's like, Yeah, totally. And she had a book underneath the bar and someone would order something, she'd look it up how to make it. And oh my gosh. It that is mm-hmm. truly faking it till you make it. She like- <laughs> oh absolutely and she's had jobs that range from like working in preschool with low income families to like work now she's uh in safety and construction and office management and like has done so many different things. She has worked That's her so cool. absolute ass off. She's a woman of many talents, has her oh, hand in many pots. Absolutely. And she can do anything and she always says that. She's like, I can always get a job. And that's yeah. what she told me when I wanted to study theater. I'm like, well, I don't know. And she goes, you can always get a job. There will always yeah. be a job. 
Right. But she's one of the hardest workers I know. Okay. Number three, how to be soft without being a pushover. You never told me to toughen up or to stop crying, but you did tell me when I was being a pushover. You made it clear that there was nothing wrong with being an emotional, feeling big feelings, feeling or being soft, but that there was a problem with not speaking up for myself, for not being my own best advocate, and for allowing others to treat me poorly. Like she was always very clear about that, where she was like, you can feel things and be sad, and you just can't be a doormat. Yeah. What is what, what's a what's an instance you remember of your mom uh, telling you that it's okay to have big feelings? Mm, oh God, all the time. Uh, I'm trying to think of like what a really good one would be. It doesn't even have to be a really good one. It's just I think it's really nice when parents tell you that big feelings are fine. I mean, like, even as an adult, like say I've gotten into finals for a Broadway show that I was sure I booked and didn't, and I'm so upset, and I call her crying about it, and she'll let me be sad you know, yeah. and be like, what a bummer. And, um, she's just always been like my biggest cheerleader. She's just the fork in best. Sorry, That's mom. Awesome. I didn't mean to swear. You're the best. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, we don't, we can't swear in this one, right? Can't swear. But she okay, definitely, this like, is what you're going to do. You're going to go fork in fork in. She's the fork in best. There you go. Uh, now I can she, dub it in. <laughs> great. Fork in. She definitely just taught me it's okay to be soft and to feel things and all that, but not to be a pushover because I tend to be, and it's not a trait I love about myself. (laughs) Number four, a guy that truly likes you won't make you wonder if he likes you. Your advice was always stop texting him. If he wants to text you to see you, to spend time with you, he will make it happen. And you were right every damn time. If a person wants to be with you, they won't make you play games to figure it out. Yeah. That's something I wish I would have been told when I was a kid. It's like, if they uh, like you, they're just going to, they're going to want to be with you. Like, if they don't, then fine. Let them live their life. But I'd be like, he hasn't texted me, blah, blah, blah. And my mom would just go, stop texting him completely. Do not text him. Do not text him. If he wants to see you or spend time with you, he will text you. Do not text him. Carolyn is life's life's drill sergeant of like. Absolute. And she was right. Every forking time, every yeah. single time, I, I didn't something text of that somebody. effect in nine too. Every mm-hmm. time, Ugh. number five, you can always come back home. I've never once, for a second, wondered about this. I know that if my life goes belly up, if I lose my job or apartment or my partner, that I always, always have the option to come to you, and that provides me with the biggest sense of relief ever. I almost yeah. got emotional on that one, but I didn't. I, I saw you. Down. I almost, I, I what number was that? Uh, five. What would, what number did you give yourself? I think four. Okay. So you, you, you passed okay. your expectations. So, but I think hey, that just, it's okay to feel big emotions. Climate. It's okay. It's okay to feel but big emotions. And this climate reading that again, where I, knowing that I always have the option to go be with my mom is like, yeah, I, it's so comforting and I love her and. Yeah. How is she liking uh, Colorado? I think she likes it, but I also think she really misses Chicago. Okay. Uh, she wants to give it like another year, I think, because yeah. you know she moved out there. She got a new job. She wants to kind of live on her own, and I totally get that. I think she just misses her friends. Well, if she moves back to Chicago, you know who's <gasps> in Chicago now? That's right. Oh, my God. Our moms can be friends. I know. <laughs> her moms can start a podcast. They could. <laughs> Dear Brooke oh and T. God. This is what we wish we knew. <laughs> They're just writing letters to us as we're 30. Like, you guys are idiots and you know Do nothing. Dumb, you know nothing. Although I did get a sweet text from my mom 
uh, I don't remember what episode it was about. Mm, it had to have been like a month or two ago. And she goes, when did you get so smart? Oh. Thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. Love they can moms. be friends. If she doesn't they like can Colorado, be they can be friends. They could be friends. Mom, are you listening? Mm-hmm. You have a built-in friend now back in Chicago. I mean, you have a million, but now you have another one. A new, new friend. A new, new friend. Number six, how to save your money. From the minute I started babysitting, half of my money went to you. You put it in a savings account for me, and that rule continued through all of my high school jobs. Cold Stone Creamery, the dog walking place, well, dog washing place, etc. I remember being annoyed at the time, but you told me that I'd be grateful when I went to college. And because of that savings account, when I got to college, I didn't have to get a job. I had enough saved up in that account for spending money throughout the four years of college. It allowed me to focus on my studies. Now, that lesson you taught me is saving my ass during quarantine. I have six to eight months of an emergency fund in case I need it. Like, just from the day I made money, mm-hmm. half of it went to my mom. And I worked at Coldstone Creamery. I worked a lot of hours after school. Uh, yeah. And half of my paycheck... I'd have to hand her half my paycheck every week and it would go into a savings account. And when I got to college, she handed it to me. And because of that, I never once had to get a job. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. And Roughly I hated how much did school. you have saved? I think I had like 2,500 to 3,500 saved. Wow. That's, that's mm-hmm. pretty good for being high school job. Yeah. Wise. And it was and... like birthdays and stuff too. Like half always yeah. went into this account. Um, and it was, hu- it helped me so much have savings yeah. and I could do fun things and you know, yeah, that's really so, cool. And now it taught me the importance of saving money, and now I have yeah. this safety fund nest that I'm not panicked about because I'm like, okay, if nothing else, I know that if I know I'm everything good else for... went to shit, I'm good for six to eight months, you know? Yep. Okay. Number seven, how to be brave. I'm going to put you a little bit on blast here. For the past oh, 10 years. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. For the past 10 years, I've seen you be the bravest person I've ever known. I've watched you handle a cancer diagnosis, cancer treatments that include shots in your forking eye. Ugh. It's, I watched it once and I was like, and she has to get it every six weeks. I've never seen anything like it. And she doesn't even, you would have to sedate me. Oh my God, for sure. Then they, they like open your eye and it comes And you watch you. it coming right at you. I would be. <gasps> That's you, like something out of a horror movie. Uh-huh. And she does it with such grace. It's incredible. Death of loved ones. A divorce, moving across the country, starting a new job. You've tackled everything life threw at you with grace and bravery. It's truly been something to behold. This isn't to say that you didn't break down, but that's a lesson in itself. When to break down and when to ask for help. She's yes. just the bravest person. It's, she's gone through so much shit in the past 10 to 15 years that as I'm getting older, I'm just now. And I even said to her once probably when I hit 26 or 27. Mm-hmm. And I called her and I go, how in the hell did you live life with three young kids at this age? Like I'm sitting here panicked about yeah. XYZ and you had three kids and a house. And how did you do all this and make it look easy? Cause I'm sure it wasn't. Yeah. And she's like, no, it wasn't easy. Like we were broke and we were young and we had nothing. But to me, I always just had such a fond memories of my childhood that I was looking back. Like, I don't know how they did it. <laughs> I don't know. How old was your mom when she had you? When she had me 24. Four? Oh my gosh. Or 25 maybe? Like in that range. We were yeah. all like in like the tw- er, mid and early 20s. Yeah, that's what I, I mean I believe I was as well. Mm-hmm. Was in the I was in the late 20s cuz I was uh mm. baby. Yeah, baby. baby the family. Um, a baby. Yeah, you have no mm-hmm. idea the toll a baby can take on a family. 
Did you know that was improv? Shut up. Of course it was. She's so smart. My mom was 28 years old when she had me. Oh, my gosh. So, She's my, like, our age. Yeah, so she had three And I'm kids. just now like, maybe? Maybe do I want to think about it? Like, and I'm like, no. You're like, no, no, I'm good. No, I'm good. No, no, thank you. <laughs> like, no, no. See, that's where I was two years ago, and now my body's like, mm, baby? I'm not so sure. A baby? A baby? My hormones genuinely are like, a baby my, time? My cousin Maggie sent me a picture of her friends who have – her her friend is a white female, and then her friend's husband is Filipino, and mm-hmm. it's like the cutest baby oh. uh, ever, and she goes, this is what your future is going to look like. Like, one, Michael's not Filipino, but yeah, like, he's Vietnamese but no. or half. No. And, you tried. Um, I was like, but two, like, I was like, oh, my God. I don't know if I want children, but I don't know if I could ever, oh. like, deny the world a child that looked like like that. Oh, my God. Hold on. You're going to die. You ready for your ovaries to explode? Please. <gasps> oh, look at that little nugget. Look at her little bow. <laughs> on her little jumps. Look at her little toes. You know what I love about babies? What? And they got the chubby arms. Oh, the chubs. That, like, little chubby arms, you just want to squish them. You just want to squish the chubby arms. Oh, you're in serious fever. Oh, well, I told Dave, I go, one of the hardest things about this quarantine is I love interacting with kids on the street. Not, like, in a creepy way, but I'm always waving and smiling. I said, and the mask, they can't see me smiling. I know. They they don't smile on my back, and it breaks my heart. Oh. I'm always like. "Ah." And all they see is. Yeah. (laughs) And I just miss, I miss interacting with kids. Like there was a kid on the subway once we can get this out, but he was going to the zoo on the six train and he loved me for whatever reason, like crossed to sit on me. And the mom's like, I'm so sorry. I said, please, you probably picked the only person on this train that loves this. Like you're fine. Yeah. And the kid was so sweet. He's like hanging out with me. And then he goes, are you coming to the zoo with us? Oh. And I was like, all I want to do. He probably thought everybody on that train was going to the zoo coming to the zoo with us because that makes yeah. sense to a kid it's like you go on this train and then you're at the zoo everyone's, everyone's going everyone's, to the zoo. everybody goes to the zoo it was so sweet he like wanted me to it's come so with cute. him okay it's so cute. number eight rejection is not failure you've been there through all my big rejections starting with showcase where i sobbed my way through times square two bigger ones broadway shows i was sure i booked apartments that fell through opportunities and promotions that i was overlooked for and every single time you've reminded me that rejection is not failure. And that if I keep working, more opportunities will present themselves. Did your mom go to Showcase? Mm-hmm. Well, that's because... Was she one of the good. only mothers at Showcase? Yeah. Well, it was because... Same with Susie. Her, my mom and Mrs. Jake came because nobody else would room with me. Because, again, didn't have the best time in college. Uh, so no one else would room with me. And I didn't want to be left alone in New York because I also knew no one would hang out with me. Uh, so my mom and Mrs. Jake, who's like my second mom, both came with and we turned mm-hmm. into a really, really fun vacation. And it was so funny cause they told me I had to lose weight for showcase, not yeah. my parents, but teachers. And, uh, I worked my ass off for like four months and I lost a ton of weight, not in a very healthy way because you know, they forced me to lose weight. And, yeah. uh, after showcase, all I wanted, and this was before I was vegan, was cheese sticks. So we went to four different bars to find me mozzarella sticks. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, I haven't had them in four months and guys, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. But if I don't have a cheese stick, like, I'll die. It was amazing. Like, we all roomed together in Turtle Bay, and we, like, went to dinner in Little Italy, the three of us. It was, it was a good time. But, yeah, they came and watched Showcase, and it was That's great. That's so cute. My mother was the only 
mother who came oh. on the trip. And I we roomed together, clearly, across from the Gershwin. And oh my God, we, that's saw, right. we saw all the shows together, and it was just so fun. I can't oh. imagine Showcase without no. my mom being there. I know everyone was like, oh, uh, like, this is fun. Like, we're, we're all going to room together. We're all going to do this. Like, people, mm-hmm. like, room to certain people. And I remember thinking, like, I don't. I don't want, I want anything <laughs> to do with being with y'all except for showcase. I just yep. want this to be a vacation with my mom and then mm-hmm. do showcase. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how I felt. I was like, but I had the best time. I want to I wanna see if you can see, if you can spot the bear. Oh, oh, she's straight <laughs> up in your closet. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh. How, where did you even find a nestle in there? What do you do? Can you not get out? Are you stuck? She's, she's not so sure. It's a slow I move don't know. I didn't oh even know she was God. in here. Has she ever gone in there before? Yeah, recently. <laughs> and that's so cute. She loves her little closet. She just likes a little cave. It's dark in here. Hi, Mom. I love Hi, Mom. Dogs. All right, number nine. Always dance at weddings. You're always the first to jump up and the last to sit down in a wedding. And let me tell you, you're right. Dancing is way more fun than not. She's like the most fun at weddings. I love weddings so much. And I love dancing at weddings. I love it. And I am, I'm on forking board with your mother and being the first up and the last off. Because even though Mm -hmm. I'm so introverted, the second anybody starts playing any song at a wedding and I've had a couple drinks in me. Oh, forget it. Everyone. Party time. At Michael's family's wedding. It was like the first time I met his like whole extended family. I was like go into town on the dance floor and everyone's like wow brooks wasted and i was like no i'm not i just really love weddings so i feel like oh, yeah I, you would love my mom i'm gonna i need an of... instance i need an instance where your mother and i are at the same wedding i don't know you if that will ever happen to... in my life i mean <laughs> but... if i ever get around to planning the chicago one for dave and i okay great i'll come this... i'm gonna show you this picture really quick though because it's so good okay i had assigned to my old facebook to get it um but it's a picture of my mom dancing at a wedding mm-hmm. and uh with a guy with a bright orange mohawk. Oh, my God. And we have no idea. Don't know who he is. I might not be this one, but here's like, I want to see. There's like a picture of all of us dancing, all three of us girls and our mom. Like the most fun. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I'm going to like all these on this episode. That's awesome. But she's the most fun at weddings and dances the whole time. That's so silly. Mm-hmm. I love okay. that. Number 10. Be humble. I don't know if you remember this. I'm sure you do. But as my career started to take off, you told me this piece of advice. Stay humble. Stay a good person. Be kind. Be the kind of person that spends extra time with fans at the stage door. I swear to God, if you become a self-absorbed, selfish person, I will fly to New York City and drag you home by your hair. (laughs) Just kill me. I love love how some parents parents just let their kids go out of the nest and fly while other parents are like i swear to forking god i'll kill you i'll take you I'll by your you. hair i'll bring you back home and i'll kill you because <laughs> my mom was like don't forget that at one time you were 14 and you loved theater so much and you would have done anything and she's like remember how you would have wanted to be treated by yeah uh someone you admired and she's like you better answer every piece of fan mail you get spend extra time at the stage door she's like don't be an asshole like she, she straight up said she goes i will fly to new york and drag you back by your hair <laughs> i need a picture of that like a like a right, cartoon like a, 
Caroline, with you. Pulling me back. Okay. This is where I might cry. Okay. The finale. Thank you for letting me be me growing up. Thank you for recognizing I was the kind of child that was creative, wildly sensitive, and desperately needed my alone time. Thank you for giving me that alone time. Thank you for giving me support to be creative. Thank you for realizing I was a bit of a black sheep compared to my sisters and for encouraging me to do the things I loved, even if they were wildly different from the rest of our family, like piano, theater, reading. <laughs> Thank you for letting me sneak into the coat closet to read at Christmas parties that were too much for my little introverted self to handle. Thank you for driving me to every midnight Harry Potter book release. Thank you for being my fiercest protector from strangers, family, friends, and even shitty librarians who try and shame me for losing my library card a lot. <laughs> she went after a librarian. <laughs> well, you know, according to Parks and Rec, librarians are the worst, so. They are the worst. Well, and I love to read so much. Like, yeah. I would ride my book, I'd ride, my summers, I'd wake up, I'd go to theater camp, I'd ride my bike to the library, then I'd spend like four hours in the library and ride home. Like, that's what I would do. And I loved library, but I was not a very organized child, so of course I lost my card all the time. Now, to replace your card is a dollar, and I would just pay the dollar. Yeah. And a woman snapped at me once. She goes, like, you need to take better care of this. You – and was just being really shitty. And so I went into my mom – like, my mom was in the adult section. I was crying. And I told my mom what happened, and she went up to the desk and oh my was God. like, you listen here. And her mama bear came out hard. Oh, and she said God. something along. She's like, nobody loves reading more than that kid. And how dare you make her feel like she can't – and, like, went <laughs> – after this librarian oh my librarian god was like well i'm sorry but i just think she needs to take care of it better and my mom's like i don't care what you think give her the damn card she's paying you the dollar oh like, my i don't understand god. why this is even and she went after her she that's Mama amazing Ama- she's the best because of course i would have just cried and walked away and my mom was like oh oh no no no, no. that's no, not no, good no. enough <laughs> thank you for taking me to every single college i wanted to visit and helping me make my dream college a reality And lastly, thank you for booking that one-way flight to New York City for me when I wasn't sure what to do when an unreal opportunity presented itself. I love you so much. Everything that I am, I owe to you. Love me. When I, when I got, like, I got an email to come do some demos for Mean Girls. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting in my office job in Chicago and the email popped up in my inbox and I was like, what the fork? So And my mom worked in the same office. I was an admin assistant, and she was, like, office manager. So I was like, Mom? And she came over and read it, and the email was like, do you live in New York, and are you interested in this? And I was like, what do I do? And my mom goes, well, I don't know what you're going to do, but I just booked you a one-way flight, so you might want to figure out where you're going to stay. Oh, my God. Like, she just went ahead and booked it because I was too scared, and she booked it. She's like, you'll figure it out. Wow. And she drove me to the airport and, like, took me to Kohl's to get new clothes because I, like, wanted new New York clothes. Kohl's. Right? Because it would have been 2013. Yeah. Um, and it was just so – she's just – I'm going to cry thinking about her. I made it through that whole letter and now just thinking about her and I'm, like, going to cry. But I'm so grateful. She's my best friend. What is something that is a very, like, Carolinism? Like, what mm. is something that – you feel like it's very specific to your mother. She loves children so much. And I think I was thinking about this the other day, the way that she raised us was kind of like the Montessori parenting before it was a thing. Yeah. Cause I remember like being so hands on and baking in the kitchen with her and dancing. 
in our living room because like we didn't have a TV when we first moved in because we could, you know we just had like a record player and we would just dance and like she and she would play really good music in the car. Um, I grew up with like a great sense of music, but we'd listen to like Queen and Rolling Stones. And I was like, I remember when she's like, I was playing Queen and I looked in the back seat and all of you were bobbing your head along in your car seats to Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh my god, <laughs> like just, she's just. She's wonderful. She's this amazing human that has gone through so much and yet still has all this empathy and love. And she's just the best. I love you, mom. I'm sorry that I can't be with you on this Mother's Day. I wish I could. But you get to listen to this episode. Yeah, you get to listen to this episode. All right. Are we ready for Sue's? Let's do it. Okay, before we start, I got a text from Michael Crowley that says... Uh, he's he has just started listening to the podcast and uh, he's been listening to it while he plays Animal Crossing. <laughs> and he said, just listen to the part about Michael saying he listens to podcasts on 1.5. So I checked and it's not too chipmunky, but then I went 0.5 speed and y'all sound forking hammered. It's truly amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play our next one on 0.5 just to hear. Oh my gosh, that's really funny. He's like, so drunk. I love I just need dear to tell you me. me. Love me. Love me. Hey, y'all, you cool cats, cats and, and kittens. kittens. <laughs> oh, my God. Carol Best. Carol. That's Cute. quarantine, baby. That's quarantine, baby. Okay, let's get to Susie. And I'm going to try to get through this without crying. And my setup is slightly different from yours. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Dear Mom, I know hearing emotional things is difficult. And we are more alike than you realize. We want to be told that we're amazing at what we do. And yet when we hear it, we shy away and we wave our hand and say, Oh, yes, thank you. (laughs) And hope that they stop talking. But today, I write you this letter in quarantine as we are in two of the U.S.'s major cities, far apart, but always connected. Here is what I wish you knew, and now you will know. Okay, now I'm already crying. I gave myself to the intro. Okay. All right. I'm I'm not going to show in my voice, but I am crying. (laughs) (laughs) I just love it so much because I'm just not that emotional of a person. And it just, it makes me happy that you're so vulnerable, though. It's a good thing. The vulnerability is good. Are you here for emotional support? She is. She's like, you have She'll lick my tears. All right. Number one, you were right about all of it. About boys, about clothes, about everything. And that's number one. (laughs) Your mom was right. Moms are right. She was right. When you leave college and you start to become a real adult, maybe towards the end of college, I kind of knew, but really when I. In my mid twenties, mm-hmm. I had a moment where I was like, "Ah, fork." My mom was right about everything. Oh, she was right. Cool, cool. Great. cool. I remember my mom. We'd buy me clothes in high school, and I'm like, "Mom, our styles are so different. Like you, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. You, you, you have such a different style than me. I don't like your clothes." And like, she loved shows like What Not to Wear and like all these uh, like so fashion she, like, knew shows. What she was talking about. Oh, for sure. She knew absolutely what she was talking about. And uh, and this is coming from Brooke, who would literally only wear jeans and a sweatshirt. Like, I had no fashion sense. What was I thinking? <laughs> and here's well, Susie, thinking like, banging. 
Yeah, it's my mom. I don't want to wear my mom's clothes. But now, like, I look at my closet or, like, things that my mom has bought me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I love that. Oh, Do yeah, you know what I my love mom that. said about shopping with teenage girls? What? And she goes, sometimes I would pick up things that I knew you would love just to see if you would say you hated it because I picked it up to all three of us. <laughs> She's like, I would pick something up that I knew you would love or that I'd seen you looking at. And uh-huh. be like, what do you think about this? And we'd be like, um, no, it's not really my style. Like the minute mom likes it, you're like, oh, forget it. It's ugly. Get it. Which like it's not. But in high school, you're like, oh, no, absolutely not. Absolutely like, not. I would do it just to see. That's so funny. If you would if you would admit that you liked it. See, not. I would like give my I'd throw my mom a like a ball every now and again and be like, Yeah, I really like that. But like hmm. for everything, I'd be like, no, no, no. Just She's because it's my mom. straight up licking your tears. <laughs> She's Nessie's straight up licking your tears right now. I know she's. I I'm living my full truth of being a stay at home dog mom right now. Oh, I feel that living it so well. All right, number two. I am so lucky that you were there to push me to be the best that I can be, and you were able to let me choose my own path in life. You told me that when I said I wanted to be a musical theater major, you thought, well, I will have one child who will live with me forever. <laughs> but what you actually said in the moment was, okay, let's look up some schools and some auditions. And you came with me to every single one. Mm. And though I am sh- and though I'm sure living with you would be so much fun, peep the sarcasm, I am happy that I have never had to do so. My success is because of your encouragement and your support. Oh. I imagine that must have been hard for every parent when all of us were like, I want to study theater. And they I were like, be in a theater. damn it. Oh, like they're like you mm. they're like i sent you to college and i'm so scared for you yeah she it was they're so just funny scared for us i remember she she we were probably a couple of glasses of wine in at some new year's eve and i had been working at disney full-time uh right after college and my mom goes she was like brooke i thought that when you said you wanted to be a musical theater major, I thought, this is it. I'm never going to live alone. I'm never, uh, there's, there's always going to be a child with me. I'm going to have to financially support a child for the rest of my forever. life forever. I'm never going to be rid of you. And she goes, but then you got a job at Disney and now you're working full time. And you're like, you're damn skippy, I am. You're damn you're skippy. Because I know what I'm doing. And <sighs> I, I think that if she would have held me back of like for theater, I would have resented it so much and even though I don't know if theater is where I'm going to end up in my like end all be all like I'm yeah I would not be where I am today without that musical theater degree because I wouldn't know so many people I wouldn't know you I wouldn't know a lot of my really close friends I wouldn't have gone to Kent I would have gone to Michigan State who knows what I would end up as I could have flunked out I could have been I don't know but I'm but she she didn't stop me from wanting to pursue my dreams and I think that mm. a lot of parents would have I think so my mom she took it really well she kind of defended me to everybody like their only thing they're like you can study vocal performance which is what I originally was studying but right. also communications do a double major in a five-year yeah. program I was like okay great like that seems fair uh and like I guess my sister my older sister said to my mom once like why are you letting T do this cuz she's an accountant she's a numbers person and yeah. um she's very resp- my older sister is so responsible like the most responsible of the three of us the smartest of the three of us just the best of the three of us and uh she and my mom was like said to her something along the lines of who do you know in your life that actually loves what they do 
and and knows what they want to do. And Meg's like, no one. And she's like, okay, T does. Let's at least give her a chance. Yeah. Like, let's at least give her a chance to do it. Yeah. And she, like, defended me. So my entire family are lawyers. Like, everyone in my family is a lawyer. And when I got my ACT score back and I said what college I was going to, which was DePaul, it's a very good school. And everyone's like, oh, are you going to be pre-law? I was like, nope. No nope. music. <laughs> yeah. But she would always defend me. Yeah. Supportive mothers. The We're best. very lucky. We love you guys. Number three. My earliest memory I can recall was with you. I was probably about three, and I was snuggled up on your lap. I remember thinking in my small brain, I never want to be too big to snuggle up on mommy's lap. Okay, now it's in my voice. (laughs) All right. Oh. Well, I'm now definitely too big. But the memory is one that I will cherish forever. Come to think of it. Every single core memory of my childhood was with you. The way your hands felt in my hair as you braided it when we learned that the Twin Towers had been attacked on 9-11. My very first skating competition running into your arms after I got off the ice. When my mom, which is my great-grandmother, died and I told you that I have grandparents that I can share with you. Oh. They all have you there. And I'm so grateful. I remember we called my great-grandmother Sarah my mom because when my mom was little, she was confused as to how her grandma Sarah was, like, was related to her mother. She was like, Mm. but she's my grandma, so why, like... She can't be your mom, too. Yeah, exactly. And so my, my grandma would say, well, she's my mom. She's my mom. And so my mom was like, oh, my mom. So that's what she called her grandma, Sarah, was my mom. So that's what everybody called grandma Sarah was my mom. And she Aww. she died when I was probably about five or six. And um, I remember she was so sad. And I was like, Mommy, it's okay. I have I have two grandmas. I can share them with you. And I remember. That's so like, sweet. I remember that moment as an adult now realizing that I was so empathetic to her that I wanted to take my grandparents and give them to her and she was like she didn't say like oh like they're my parents though like she she's she was like Mm -hmm. thank you sweetie I appreciate it like thank you like imagine how sweet that was for her though to have her little her little nuggets say like I'll share with you I'll share with you I would have lost my mind she told me a story once I don't know when she told it to me she probably told to me years and years and years ago but she said she has this like this very vivid memory of me being in timeout and sitting in like a chair and I was trying to get her to smile and to let me not be in timeout anymore. And I would I would turn my head and go, Mommy, 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 oh. Mommy, Mommy, Mommy. <laughs> and she's like, I couldn't say no to you. Like oh. I couldn't say no. But yeah, that's I that's her me snuggling up to her and I remember this is so silly and stupid but I remember thinking I was like snuggled up on her chest on her boobs and I was like well these are like pillows oh well that's what my mom always says she's like babies love big boobs they like softness they like that Mm -hmm. my mom always says that she's like babies love to snuggle up oh my mom is the baby hog (laughs) that's what she's called in our family there's a baby forget it my mom will walk in and be like, I got it. That's my Aunt Peg. She's, she loves the babies. <laughs> my mom does too, but my Aunt Peg's the baby hog. Okay. Mm. Number four. You did the work of two parents for years. Not to say that dad didn't help at all because he surely did. 
But when it comes to my worldview and my most qualities I have, I have you to thank for them. Mm. Now, my dad worked so much as a, when I was a kid. And mm. he worked very hard. And, um, like, I have vivid memories of all these things, these these times in our lives, these dinners and um, these just the moment that sticks out in my brain is uh, Y2K. And um, my mom like set out this huge world map and we celebrated all the different um, New Year's with the the, the world because, you know, they showed it on the news like Paris, Australia, they're all celebrating, whatever. And she would show us on the map where each celebration was and we would like have a toast for every country. And I remember I said, do you remember when we all did that when our whole family was together and we did Y2K and she goes, Brooke, your dad wasn't there. I was like, he wasn't. And she's like, no, he had to work in case the computers crashed. Oh, but you, because your little mind kind of just. My, my little mind was like, oh, yeah, the whole family was there. But the yeah. but that means that she did the work of both parents. But so she made well. it seem seamless. Yeah. Exactly. And that so, cannot have been easy. Not at all. Not at all. So I, I thank her for that. Oh. Number five. There is a quote in the musical Next to Normal that sings – the price of love is loss, but still we pay, we love anyway. And that rings true to your resilient nature to find love, to love your family and your friends. We have experienced tremendous loss as a family, and through all of that, you continue to love us with all that you have. Aww. We've lost a ton of people in my family. Like, my, both of her parents have passed uh, away due to lung cancer, um, her brother rock my uncle died um colon cancer um my cousin chris um ended his life like she lost her niece my cousin trisha who i don't have any memories of in a car accident like just so much loss that and like you know she went through a divorce and then she had a really great relationship and then they broke up because he found somebody else and so there's just she's she's endured so much loss with her love but she continues Mm -hmm. to just love yeah. And I don't know how she does it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But it's impressive. It is impressive. And when I heard that quote, when I first listened to Next Normal, it reminded oh. me of my mom and her mm. resilient nature to still love. Oh. Number six. Though we jokingly called you Godzilla Susie in high school, I firmly believe – or. Though we jokingly called you Godzilla Susie in high school, I firmly believe now that this is a reference to of something to be admired. Your an unshakable nature, your unshakable nature to do the right thing at all times is a quality I am lucky to find in myself. You are an immovable force. Shakespeare wrote, and though she be but little, she is fierce. Mm. And you embody that quote every single day. That's one of my favorite quotes. It's I mean, you're, you're, you're short. So like you feel that like you, I feel it in my bones. I'm, I'm like, five I'm little and I'm fierce. I'm five, five. So I'm just average. I, I, though she be, but average, she is fierce. She is fierce. But like that. <laughs> I don't like make you a shirt with that or something. Instead, I'm like, this should be a, though yeah. she be of average height. Though she be a, she is fierce. Average height. She is fierce. Um, fierce. but my mom is so tiny. She's like five foot on a good day and like <sighs> 98 pounds. So she has like the tiniest little body, little chicken legs and like just, but she, the fact that 
she is such an immovable force. And I have a vivid memory in high school. We had a party at my house because my brother was super popular, would always host parties after football games at our house. And my mom always had just a one rule, no drinking. Fair. Now, do you think that that uh, was adhered to? No, not even a little. No. Not even a little. No, no. Actually, my I think mom said, if I don't see it, like, I don't yeah. see it. But one time... This big guy, Doug, was on the football team. He was in my grade. Sweet as can be, like a big teddy bear. So nice. And he comes in with like a six-pack in his hands. He takes one look at my mom, and my mom goes, seriously, Doug? And he turned his ass around and went home. Fair. Good (laughs) job, Doug. He's like, I'm not going to deal with your mom. Not no. going to do it. And I remember we were talking at school like the next week and he's like, yeah, I tried to get into your house for the party, but your mom just took one look at me and I knew that she would be disappointed in me. So I went home. <laughs> Good job, Doug. Good job, Doug. Oh, okay. Number seven. This is the last one. Okay. You are a woman of ne- many names. Queen Susie. Suze. Godzilla Susie. And my favorite... Susie Claus, because yeah. you constantly come to town bearing gifts. And the majority of my friends know you as mm-hmm. Susie Claus. <laughs> and though you say you only come with gifts for your children, what you don't realize is your gifts, your gifts that you give to those around me that are unrelated to you are more than just material things. You feed them, you love them, you bring them the feeling of family and mother that sometimes we desperately need. And that is why you are Susie Claus. Oh, Susie Claus comes to town bearing gifts. She does. She truly does. And I I do not know when I started calling her that. I call it, started calling her that in college. Yeah, because I remember hearing it in college. Yeah, because she would take like me and Grace and mm-hmm. like Dylan Rattel and all of us like out to dinner and every time or like she would bring us food. It's just she comes oh. to town bearing gifts always. And then oh. as I've gotten older and, you know, material things aren't important to you as you are an adult she comes with that sense of motherhood and family that you so desperately need as an adult when your parents aren't around like when they're far away when they may have passed and so I think that's what makes her Susie Claus now Susie Claus has since evolved all right do you is there is there I was gonna say I was gonna ask you a question but if there's a a finale there's a there's a finale there's a short finale and then you can ask me whatever you wish all right, I'm going <laughs> to. All right. I'm so happy to have your Eccles blood run so deeply in my veins. Your contribution to my DNA has made me beautiful, strong, independent, smart, loving, empathetic, fierce, and have the desperate need to make sure everyone is having a good time at the party. I'm lucky to see your name pop up on my phone at least once a day. I love you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day love me oh she has the the desperate need to make sure that everybody's having a good time at the party and (laughs) that has been like instilled into me like if somebody's not having a good time i'm like oh god i gotta make sure that person is okay and then she also has that i i try to like veer away from but it's just instilled in me is to whenever we play games as a family Mm-hmm. Susie is the person who reads the instructions. She makes sure everybody knows what they're doing. And if somebody's not paying attention, she'll call them out. Yeah. <laughs> and that is so me. 
Like if I'm explaining something or explaining a game, I like take complete charge of everybody. And it is at Christmas time, it is without fail. Susie Claus is in charge of like the gift exchange, what time we're doing stuff, when we get to eat, when the kids get to open their presents. Like she tackles it all. She tackles it all. And it's, I see it so much in myself when I'm not around family because when I'm around family, it's hers. She takes it. But like when I'm not around family, I see it in myself. I'm like, oh, I'm Suze. I've become Suze. Mom, at least the description of your mom kind of reminds me of and this may be way off base but okay. it's the highest compliment I can pay someone okay she reminds me of Sandra Bullock in The Blind Side yeah oh like, for that's sure to me and I'm like <laughs> that's the highest compliment you can pay like, just, oh my mom loved like, that she loves that movie she loves Sandra Bullock yeah just like her hair said, like, she in, great taste. yeah her hair in um Blind Side is totally oh. my mom's hair yeah um yep. her like take no shit attitude yep is my mom like now I don't know if my mom would take in somebody from the street because she, I don't right. think I, but, I meant more personality but like, but personality rise yes for yeah. sure yeah so I'm gonna ask you a question about your mom okay and I'm gonna give you a second to think about it while I tell you my answer because otherwise I kind of sprung it on you okay but the question is if you have a memory that kind of encompasses your mom uh-huh. what would it be so I'll let you think about it and I'll tell my moms so when we were in fifth grade we made rockets Mm-hmm. that we got to shoot off and we got to paint them and it was like a weeks long process and on the day of the shoot my mom came to watch with some other parents and the teacher our teacher was like okay so here are the rules like we're gonna shoot it if it lands in the trees like I'm sorry you can't go get it basically because our school was surrounded by trees so everyone's going and mine went and sure enough it landed in a tree and I turned to my mom and said I'm so mad I'm so mad I worked so hard on it and she goes I know and I go and like we're all going and I go I'm going to go climb the tree. And my mom goes, okay. And let me <laughs> scale up a tree oh my to God. get my rocket. And I asked her, she goes, you worked so hard on that. Who was I to tell you, no, you couldn't go get that rocket. And so she like totally ignored the teacher and like, let me climb up a giant tree that I a hundred percent shouldn't have climbed to get my rocket back. Cause she was like, you worked on that. Of course That's you amazing. could go climb that. And I'm not going to tell you, you couldn't. That's amazing. I yeah. love that. She, she was okay breaking the rules when it requires. There's just like so many. I think the or just a the sweet mem- memory. The mem- the memory that like comes that to encompass like what mom did for our childhood comes mm-hmm. to be the one where it was Y two K with the mm. with the the globe and everything. Um, but I mean that could be it. Just how much you worked to make that such a well, nice night. Hang on, I I have this picture and it like. It kind of like popped in my head when you said it, and it's it's not mm. really a memory; it's more of a feeling. And okay. It, <clears throat> um, it's my mom. And hold on a second; I have to cough. You're in. <laughs> Way to mute it. it! It looks like you just did a dramatic pantomime. There we go. There you go. That's funny. but it truly just looked like this. Okay, so. No, like- it was my mom's last time seeing Frozen, and as with me in the show, and I remember she was like standing next to me. We're taking pictures, like, like here's like a picture of like us just like standing Aww. there, and then she like started shaking, and then she just like whispered in my ear, "I'm so proud of you and everything you've done," and then she kissed me Aww. on the cheek, and my mom. 
doesn't show like physical love with like kisses she does she we hug and you know all that stuff but the the fact that she leaned in and kissed and was like i'm so proud of you oh was like beautiful picture the best the best and then another memory that comes up is when my mom took michael and i out to dinner and she my mom has never liked any of my boyfriends she has tolerated them and any ex-boyfriend will tell you that it is so hard to get on Susie's good side <laughs> like so hard and she um she like grabbed Michael's hand and was like I'm so proud of the person you are to Michael and the person who you have become I don't know who you I didn't know you before but I know your story and I'm so proud of you and I cannot imagine a better person for one of my children. Oh. And um, she said, you are like a son to me. This was like very early in the relationship. And she's like, I don't say this. Brooke will tell you that I love you and I welcome you into this family. Mm. Um, but I will. Can I read you a letter of that my mom yes. sent to Michael for his birthday? Yeah. Um, if you remember, on Michael's birthday, I gave him a book of letters. So I'll read one that my mom wrote to Michael. So this is, I feel like this encompasses what a loving person my mom is, just for, by writing a letter to her daughter's boyfriend like this. Dear Michael, I remember Brooke telling me she was going skiing with her friends. I was happy she met she had met friends so quickly in NYC. Turns out one of those friends on the trip was you. I was happy to hear... You had absolutely nothing to do with the performance world. <laughs> Michael, you are an amazing person. You should be very proud of the leaps you have taken to try something new in a career, the adventures you have embraced, and the person you have become. I am very happy you are part of our family. Even though you shoot off fireworks in the middle of the street on 4th of July long after <laughs> I wanted them to stop, I still love you like a son. <laughs> Oh my god, she is Sandra Bullock in the blind side. Yeah, it takes a special person. Like she just couldn't help it. I know. It takes a special person to not only put up with... It takes a special person to not only put up with, but also enjoy the craziness of the Eccles family holidays. You seem to embrace the crazy that makes you A-OK -okay in my book. I wish you a fabulous 30th birthday. Celebrate and enjoy your special day. It will definitely be a birthday to remember. Maybe more for the quarantine and less for the 30, but a memorable day either way. Love, Susie. Aww. That's so sweet. But the even though you shoot off fireworks in the middle fireworks of the street, the I still love you like I a star. Them to end, <laughs> that's it's cool. That that encompasses my mother. Oh. I think of showing love oh. for other people that are not blood related to her. That's Susie. Well, happy Mother's Day, moms. Oh. We love you guys so much. And I would love to challenge our followers to write their own dear mom mm -hmm. letters. Yep. Um and. Uh, I, I don't know if we, we should maybe do a couple mini episodes with a couple of dear mom letters. Yeah. If we get um, some, absolutely. But I would challenge you to then send it to your mother, especially for those people. Well, I, for everybody, I was thinking people who are not with their mothers right now because of quarantine, mm -hmm. but also even if you are sitting, if you know, you are. it's getting a, like a, a letter like just that. Just as much. It'll mean just they're, as much more than just a happy mother's it. day card that you mm -hmm. bought from Hallmark. Like it's. It'll be really great. Oh. So happy Mother's Day. 
Happy Mother's Day. We love you guys. Um, if any of you have a letter you want to write us, you can email us at dearmelovemepodcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It's all a numbers game for them, so um, we can get our voices out there and get more people to listen. And, uh, yeah, so that'll be good. All right. We love you all. We'll see you next week. And um, I have I have something to say about um, my uh, emotions. Yeah. That's quarantine, baby. <laughs> baby. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Dear listener, support for this podcast comes from you. Just for taking a chance on a new podcast. Have a suggestion for a letter? Or do you want to write one yourself? Email us at dearmelovemepodcast at gmail.com. All Dear Me, Love Me art is created by Julie Eccles. Thank you, Julie. Music is composed and produced by Connor Simpson. Follow us on all the gross social media sites we have. Instagram at Dear Me, Love Me Podcast. Twitter at DMLM Podcast. And you can find us on Facebook, too. Thanks for listening. Love us.